Tom is like, we're finally tying the knot. And I was mm -hmm. like, you've been dating for like six months. Six months to five years. We don't know the timeline. Hello, pals and gals, and welcome to the 49th episode of XOXO Riverdale. I'm Louis Perlman. I'm Kate Batter. And we are here. With our I am queer. Get used to it. I feel like I've made that joke before. I feel like you have to, but I oh. if there was any episode to make that joke. I guess it's this episode, yeah, you know, yeah. and thanks for your continued support of me making that joke. It's very nice, Kate. Yeah, no problem. I'm so glad you're an ally. So before we get into the episode entitled Bizarro Dale, um, right. which really rolls off the tongue, um, yeah. what, uh, what's been going on in the wonderful world of the Riverdale social media? Uh, they've just been like having fun. Um, and now a little bit of a spoiler for this episode, Cody Kearsley had to clean shave again. And I'm like, oh, is he coming back? I hope so. Oh. I really wouldn't think that he would just be gone now. I know. So, if you saw yeah, her and also, is he going to pop up in Sabrina? We're going to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, get excited. Yeah. Because <laughs> our fans know how much we love Moose, and this is like the mooseiest episode. This is the Moose episode that the world has been waiting for. It really is. Well, why don't we get into it then? Okay, let me find my water first. Okay, Kate has to find her water, everyone. So I'm going to regale you with some little-known facts about Archie comics. Fact number one, Jughead wears a crown. Fact number two, Dilton Doily on the comics once invented a time machine. It was right here. Great. <laughs> well, that was some good vamping. It was under my notebook. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> so... Um, let's get into it. Um, so, Bizarro Dale. So, I want to say we open on the core four in the diner, and then that's the last time we see a couple of them for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, overall, I thought this episode really benefited from not focusing on the core four. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, we, we we just got so much fleshed out from characters that we really love. Yeah. and And I feel... You can say, you can disagree with me. This was an episode where I feel all the characters are written true to voice and weren't doing anything too insanely crazy to push the plot along, mainly because there was basically a new character in this episode who was completely insane for the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about Major Mason. Yeah. What's his first name again? I don't know. I was about to say, do we have a first name? So... No, we do. No. We do, but I just don't remember what it is. But it's something dumb. It's yeah. alliterative and it's dumb. Alliterative. Anyway, yeah. So then, like, Jughead starts this narration mm -hmm. by saying that Riverdale is like a bizarro town. There's always a murder going mm -hmm. on, there's always something wrong. And once again, I want to hype my theory that Jughead has a bit of an awareness that there's multiple levels of reality within the world of the Archie characters. And Jughead's beginning to realize that this is the Archie world where there's always a murder. But that's not always the case in every version of Riverdale. Okay. That, that's my argument, yeah, <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, but that being said, let's, let's delve a little bit into the roots of the term bizarro. Yeah. So Bizarro is a character from Superman comics. He's an, basically a very mixed up cloned version of Superman who says the opposite of what he does. Like, you know, he says, me hate Superman. And it actually means I love Superman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of thing. And, you know, he really wants to be Superman, but he just keeps fucking up being Superman. That's basically the character. 
So he's not like opposite Superman. He's just like fuck up Superman. No, he's basically like Superman if Superman didn't have the ability, had all the powers, but didn't have the process of thought to actually do anything properly with the powers, okay. which is like somewhat tragic. Yeah. And has led to stories that are very comedic, stories that are very sad with the character. Right. So I don't totally feel like what we saw is a bizarro version of what we've been watching. Yeah, I was thinking of like a kind of, like I was expecting something more uncanny. Yeah, I was expecting that there was going to be a flip or something that was going to, yeah. like maybe even the, you know, Bizarro Dale, it was going to be an episode that was like really played for lightness. Yeah. Like it was, you know, an, an old comic. Uh, but instead, really what we got was just like a very strong, a very strong like episode before our two week break. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually I think this would have been a really good mid season finale point for them compared to what we got for the mid season finale this year. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, I don't know. This is, this episode t did it for me for the most part though. Oh, Marcus Mason. Marcus. His name is Marcus Mason. I have it in my notes getting back on track and Marcus Mason Looks like he's about 95 years old. He really does. <laughs> yeah, like, really, he's a contemporary of all these other characters because he looks so old. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing against an older parent. I'm certainly not trying to judge here. Yeah, it's just that he's supposed to be. It's like, really, you were, you, you, you went to school in high school in the early 90s? Yeah, no one's, no one's buying it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of um, men on dating apps who only say they're four years older than me, and they're clearly not. <laughs> Just saying. I'm like, no, you're very old. I'm young and beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Um, anyway, then. Uh, Tom are getting married. Yes. Um, and Kevin and Josie want to throw the after party because if they don't throw a party, then the Gargoyle King has won. Totally. And I like all this. I, yeah. I like, I like the dynamic between Josie and Kevin. I do too. Mm -hmm. I like how much that they like each other. I think it's like, what a, what a fun fantasy fulfillment. I mean, you know, to get a step sibling, your own age who, yeah. You know, you know, especially like who's a nice, a nice gay boy. Like, oh my god, yeah, like, how fun! We're gonna be like a weird incest storyline with them, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I wouldn't put it past this show. Yeah. Okay, Moose walks in, and that's great. But then here's what I want to talk about. Great. Tom is like, we're finally tying the knot, and I was mm -hmm. like, you've been dating for like six months. Six months to five years. We don't know the timeline. It's yeah. Riverdale, baby. They're like, finally. And I was like, really? Yeah. Um, and then so Moose's dad walks in and like really kind of brushes off Tom. Yeah. They were friends, but they grew apart. And then I wrote mm -hmm. dad jealousy. And I don't remember what I meant by that, but okay. Maybe you thought that Marcus was jealous of Tom because he doesn't look like a 95-year-old man. Maybe. Because he looks his age. Yeah. And then we have... Tony and uh, Cheryl lying together in a beautiful red bed. And you know what? I can't dispute that SAT scores get emailed now. Like, I don't, I got it by mail, but. Yeah, I, I totally SAT scores could be emailed, of course. Yeah, um, I, I liked this scene. I thought this scene was very visually striking. Yeah. I love the fake college, Highsmith. Yep. That's a great fake Riverdale name. That was great. Yeah. And um, at one point in this scene, um, Cheryl call, calls Tony flawless. Yeah. And I thought that was so nice and true. Mm -hmm. Tony's like such a, we love Tony. She's a great character. So then we have this scene with Hermione, Ronnie, and Reggie. Yeah. Where they need money to buy to like pay out the fizzle rock they burned. And Veronica's like, what is this? An episode of Ozark? I don't understand this. Did you understand this? Okay, so the product was never delivered. Let's say Mysterious Buyer yeah. gave them money. You can't give the money back to Mysterious Buyer and say our product was contaminated. You know, yeah. 
why do you need to pay more into this, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I feel like this didn't make any sense. I think it's, they want to pay more into it because they bought a factory and now there's not, like, they don't even have the product. But they only burnt the product, like, not the factory. Yeah, yeah, the factory didn't burn down. They just set a big Fizzle Rocks bonfire. Yeah. So this didn't make any sense to me, and it wasn't explained at all. Nope, it's not. Yeah, you know. There's um, a Ozark reference, which I watched, like, one episode of. I hear it's good. A what reference? Ozark. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was good. I liked that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... um we get this meeting between Cheryl and the headmistress, the, the headmistress of Highsmith. It's a women's college. I've determined. I would really hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Highsmith is like this, this world's Vassar. Yeah. But or I, maybe I'm wrong about that because Vassar's a little more hippy dippy. Well, Vassar's integrated now. I well, think yeah. Like a, a Wellesley. Yeah. It's like a Wellesley. Yeah, totally. And then we had some very sexy men kissing each other in a sexy way. It was great. And it was really very exciting. It was great. Wouldn't you agree? So happy for it. I know. It was kind of the best thing ever. And then, you know, the recruiter for the Naval Academy showed up. Right. Well, they, the whole ROTC burst through and they're like, I told you they'd be in here. Because, like, the whole team knows. Because everybody knows that they're hooking up. Yeah. Yeah. And... Then they're off to go to the Naval Academy. And I kind of thought where this was leading was that Moose was going to get shipped off to the Naval Academy. Yeah. But then there was a third act surprise, which yeah. we'll discuss when we get to it. Yeah. So the next thing we get is Sweet Pea and Josie. Okay. So for me, uh-huh. I think this is one of the best scenes of the entire series. I loved it. I yes. think I so much out of Sweet Pea in this scene. Yes. Uh, and to deal with these issues when it comes to dating mm-hmm. and sort of feeling manipulated mm-hmm. and to have it be from a male perspective and for a male character on a show like this to express his needs so clearly. Yeah. I I was very impressed. Like this show, when it shines, it really, it really sparkles and <laughs> it hasn't for like three or four episodes now and then all of a sudden we get this scene with this character i wrote emotional sweet pea is great yeah of course you know why because anytime you let a character express their emotions it benefits it benefits the show yeah they're like grounded emotions like it wasn't an over-the-top reaction it was like an appropriate reaction to the situation absolutely it was great Yes. And it's it set Josie on an interesting trajectory for this episode as well. Yeah, which I didn't like as much. But that's Well, okay. yeah, I agree. But um but at least like there was something done with Josie that was somewhat realistic to her character, yeah. which I do I do want to talk about a little bit. Okay. So Penelope has kept Cheryl yeah from getting into Highsmith because Penelope hates that Cheryl is gay. Right, which, like, by the way, at a women's college. I know, seriously. First of all, a women's college turning down a lesbian. Second, a lesbian not counting as diversity. Yeah, yeah. No, this this made no sense. (laughs) No. This made no sense. You know, like... Moving along. I hate the role play between Sarah and Tom. Oh, I thought it was fun. I liked it. I hated it. I I was I was I was totally on board for sexy time with Tom Keller. I thought yeah, it was I love Tom Keller, but like I just wasn't there for the role play. I think that's okay. But they're interrupted by a uh, note from, from from the Hogwarts. gargoyle king from Hogwarts. Yeah, they both got in. It looks like a Hogwarts letter. Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> it was by yeah. Owl. Tom is a huff, Tom is a Hufflepuff. Sierra is a Ravenclaw. Raven. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. <laughs> but yeah, the Gargoyle King is forcing them to finish their game. Yep. So this is good them. too. Because this, yeah, this this relinks us to the Midnight Club. Yeah. Which I also like. Like, I feel like it's time in the season. Right. It's the time of the season for Midnight Club. Yes. 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 
So here's an act break. And what we open on, I have a question about. Uh huh. So Cheryl says not to carb shame you. I had the same question. <laughs> For the listeners at home, Louis immediately started laughing because there were no carbs. He wasn't eating no carbs, that kid. There was no sugar. He's eating a lot of sugar. That was real weird. <laughs> like, hey, do a change on set. This is what this is what your you know your uh, your production designer brings in some some Twizzlers and some M and M's. Yeah, change Cheryl's line to not to sugar shame you. Yeah, it's so much more fun. It's like it is. You know what she could have said? What? Oh, not no. to sugar sugar shame you. Oh boy. You know, but she could have like. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. No, no one asked us, but here we are. Yeah, it was that was real weird. And then <laughs> bumble, bumble, bumble. Oh yeah. Well, Cheryl knows about moose, and she makes a talented Mr. Ripley reference, which is like I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, writing was great on this episode. Yeah, and then she goes into bumble, and then are teenagers allowed on bumble? I don't know. And then she compliments Kevin's 1950s aesthetic. Which is so cute. Which is so fun. I am. You know what? I'm. I'm not. I've never been on Bumble, but Riverdale has taught me that Bumble is for gays as well. I thought it was mostly for women because they had to make the first move with men. Yeah, I don't understand that it is for gays. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do some research yeah, in the next two weeks us. for us. Yeah. Because I don't think this is the last we've heard about Bumble on the show. Yeah. Emotional okay. consideration by Bumble. Oh my God. So here's I wish the Fire app would do promotional consideration mm -hmm. on the show. Yeah. Here's another insane thing. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl does the morning announcement and she does a blind item. <laughs> do, do, do you do blind items for morning announcements? No one's like even supervising her. She doesn't have a script. <laughs> There's no like. A faculty supervisor. I know she's just like, like guess what, motherfuckers? Moose is gay. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's I, real weird. She said she started LGBTQIA alliance, which, like, I guess is a normal part of an announcement, but it was right in the middle of some real weird shit. For sure, it was. That was so strange. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was real strange, though. Yeah. So then Moose is worried that they figured out it's him. Because everyone fucking knows it's him. And Kevin says, well, I'm sick of playing Brokeback Riverdale. Before this, he says, I, I'm i not here for pu for public outings unless it's a conservative politician. Yes. Um, And this is like the after school special message of this episode is don't out people publicly. Yeah. It's and not then, a good idea. Yeah. And then it's called Brokeback Riverdale. And then Kevin gives the ultimatum come out or break up yeah come out and break up which i understand and also once again good writing yeah kevin doesn't say you come out or else it we're done and then walk away angrily yeah he says i can't do this anymore in a very mature fashion mm -hmm. and says i really i need you to be out to your family if you can't do that i totally respect it but we can't yeah. date anymore very well handled yeah. Like, I think that Riverdale is just angling for a GLAAD award here. <laughs> you know, they're just like... Yeah, they're just really digging for it. They're like, going for GLAAD, you know? I, so I know the nominations are out, and I don't think Riverdale is on it. Well, rightfully so, until this episode. Yeah, they'll get it next year. Next year, yeah, but then before that, no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I just know it's Mercy reprogramming. Uh, no, none of that. I just know they're out because they took Bohemian Rhapsody out of contention. Yeah, which is the right move. Yeah. I don't want to change this into a don't see that awful movie campaign podcast, but boy, that was a bad movie. Well, not that's not why they took it out of contention. Well, I know. They took it out because of the Brian Singer stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but... Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought it was a fun movie. I don't think it was a good movie. Ugh, I would have rather just done some drugs and listened to Queen's Greatest Hits with the speakers really close. It would it have been a better experience. Like Robin Malik in it, though, so I'm a little biased. Yeah, Robin Malik's great in it. Robin Malik's great in it. I mean, it's not Robin Malik's fault that that movie was real, no. real dumb. Anyway. 
So Tony's <laughs> mad at Cheryl. Yeah. And she accuses Cheryl of being too busy being Cheryl. Yeah, I liked, once again, I liked all this too. I got, we got a real insight into their, you know, relationship in a way that I think is very real, you know? Yeah, and this is when I wrote this episode is hella gay, and it gets gayer. I know, it's just a wonderfully gay episode. It's not yeah. quite gay enough for my taste, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I noted that this was now the first time we've seen Archie since that opening shot. Yes, and I, right before... Yeah. Archie came in, I wrote, this episode is not about the big four. Yes. And, I mean, I liked that very much about this episode. It was real cool. Yeah. And showed what good work all the supporting cast members have been doing on the show. That yeah. we were so excited to see each of them in this episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, Josie's worried about her Juilliard audition that she was... Feel Sweet Pea Driver too, which is honestly stringing Sweet Pea along, and I'm a little mad at her about it. Absolutely. She needs to learn to be mature about this stuff. Yeah. Here's something. I do, I want to, you know, uh, submit a complaint here. Uh-huh. Well, Juilliard? Like, they're not going to make up a, they're not going to make up a, an Archie name for a school. I know. Like, I I think it should, I think this school should be called Gemliard. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, like, anyway, maybe I was a little disappointed. Like, yeah. we've got, like, you know, all these other great names in this episode, and then we, uh, Juilliard is real, you know. Yeah. Maybe maybe Juilliard paid. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, Juilliard and Bumble, promotional yeah. consideration, yeah. Um. So Archie's going to take her. Yeah, which is, which is very nice. Yeah. Archie seems to be doing much better this episode. Maybe behind the scenes, what we didn't know is that Fred sent him to a fucking shrink. Yeah. Because Archie's in a way better place. He's clearly dealing with his anger and all that. Yeah. yeah. So I liked the next scene, too. Um, the, well, the first thing I wrote on two separate lines in my notebook was get QuickBooks. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you just don't make money. My ledger says. She didn't even have a calculator. She was just like doing it. Yeah, well, play play with the numbers on your abacus for a little bit, you know? Yeah, on like, your slide rule. Yeah, on your slide rule. Yeah, like, oh my God, but totally. I felt like Reggie was so pure during this scene. Like, he's like, do people still get their knees broken? Does that really happen? Do people still rob banks? Totally. This is such good writing on this, on Reggie. This is like, this is the Reggie that I love from the comics where he's very smart. He's always scheming, but in the yeah. grand scheme of things, he's somewhat naive because he's still a teenager. This is good. They really struck that balance. I was totally into him in this scene. My only problem with Reggie, and it's this Reggie, is that this actor uses a weird accent when he does Reggie. Really? Yeah, he does this like weird tough guy New Yorker, but like the actor's from like the South. Like I don't. Oh, I didn't notice that. You notice it like. Because a lot of times he says short stuff, but like in a couple, like the next scene we see him and he has like a big chunk of dialogue and it's like really yeah. awful. I'll, I'll listen for it the next time to, because I haven't noticed that, but I, I'm, I'll listen for it in for the next episode. That's interesting. Yeah. But again, like it only comes out like this is the second time it's happened. Yeah. Yeah. They also, then they make a baby driver reference. Yeah. Which I am here for because baby driver, very underrated. Great movie. Um, it's a shame that Kevin Spacey was in it, I have to say. Yeah. But this was before all that shit went down with Kevin Spacey and Baby Driver is real good. It was a real Just good film. We all huh? knew that before. Kevin Spacey was an open secret, but that's okay. Yes, Kevin Spacey was a real open secret, I should yeah, say. Like we that. all fucking Absolutely. knew that Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we're really handling the hashtag Me Too issues. In this episode. In this episode by <laughs> ranting about Baby Driver and ranting about Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, not if the podcast of like the, the uh, Riverdale episode, but just the episode of this podcast. Yes, this episode of the podcast. That's what this is all about. Yeah. So, okay. Then we have in a group, the return of the Midnight Club. Right. To finish uh, Ascension Night. I'm always into seeing this group of actors together. Yeah. It's a rarity. And I just think they really pop off each other in a wonderful way. Yeah. It's just, it's like, that's one of the strengths of the show is that they actually cast two very strong ensembles. 
that are kind yeah. of their own spheres. And I and think what's fun about great. the too is that like they cast people who I think Hollywood had kind of written off as like teen idols and not actually good actors. Agreed. But they they are. Absolutely. Yeah, like um Skeet kills it in the scene. He's, he's so good. He's very good in the scene. And look now my good the whole series. Oh yeah, he's very good on the show, but I just really like him. I like him in this in this scene. Yeah. Um I do have a question for yeah. you that I was confused about. Hermione says I need to talk to Hiram about this. I need to ask Hiram. Mm -hmm. But to my memory in the Midnight Club episode, mm -hmm. Hiram was not a member of the Midnight Club. No, he was not. He pops in and out and that was sort of the point. And then right. we get that cute cameo from you know, um, Mark Consuelos' his son. Yeah. yeah someone else. Yeah. So I thought that was really strange. Yeah. She actually doesn't need to consult with him. He wasn't a member of the Midnight Club. And then he shows up to play the game with them. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for corroborating that with me. I thought that was very strange. Yeah. So here's the next strange thing after the act break. Uh, yes. No accompanying, accompanist? Like, no, she just sings a cappella, honey. No, that made no sense. No, that was dumb. What song was she singing? I didn't even write it down. Okay, yeah, I did, couldn't figure out what it was. Anyway, and then Reggie's getting shot at. Right. And then Veronica takes she a while to drive. Drive. Like, she like just fucking drive, Veronica. Yeah. She's also Veronica. I feel like she'd be on it, you know? Yeah. She'd just, like, floor it. She'd be like, all right, you know? Like, like just fucking drive. She's like, not she's very fadeable. Like, fucking drive. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but uh, but you know that was all. That was all really fun. I like seeing this. I like seeing yeah. them together. Um, we get the line Fifty Shades of Blackmail." Yes, uh, which was awesome. Yeah, and then we get a little. Um, then we get a little like another after school lesson about how like blackmail is bad. Yeah, <laughs> like don't blackmail people. Yeah. You know, uh, so that was that. That scene was fine. That wasn't my favorite thing that's ever happened on the show. No. Then we learned that Josie did not get a callback. Right. I wrote Josie no callback. Where's Jughead and Betty? Because this is when I noticed that like we hadn't even fucking seen them. Totally, which I loved, which I yeah. was totally fine with. The yeah. only thing, oh, well, not the, this was something I liked about this scene. Once again, I thought this was well handled. Being an artist, working really hard for something, and then being disappointed by the outcome. Yeah. Is. 95% the experience of being an artist. Yeah, it's just a big letdown. Yeah, being a creative, you just need to be ready for like, well, I need to enjoy the process. Yeah. Because, you know, very, you know, mo more often than not, I'm just shouting into the void. Yeah. You it's know? Really I, and that's for everybody. And I think that they handled that actually really well for like a teen drama, sort of her way she expresses herself to Archie in this scene. Yeah. So I like I, I really liked that. Yeah, you know. And right. it's nice to know that the lead singer of my second favorite cartoon bubblegum rock band has the same issues as I do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, something I didn't like. So Archie agrees to be Josie's date because he's also been alone. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Archie's figuring himself out by continuing to avoid therapy. Yeah. Um then, like, after all the drama of the last uh, scene with them, Reggie has only been grazed. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, that's all right. Fine, like, oh, I got shot. Great. And we can just, like, move on, which is nice. Totally. And then there's a dye pack in the bag. Surprise! Yep. And Veronica's like, uh-huh. <laughs> which I loved. Veronica was like, oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just thought a reaction was really good for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Moose came out. Moose yes. Came out yes. Yes. Went okay. So they could be dates to the wedding and they'll spend the night together. And Kevin knows a spot and we all know the spot and we're sick of the spot. Yeah. The spot's gross. Yeah. Um, And in this episode, Tony has such a good outfit. <laughs> just want to say Tony has a great. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. For the interview. Sorry. Yeah. Who the fuck wears that to an interview? Uh, someone who's clearly going to get into that school. Because <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. Future Pulitzer Prize winner, uh, 
or was it Nobel Peace Prize winner? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. In that outfit, I'll give you a Peace Prize tomorrow. <laughs> like, Tony put on that outfit and all the fighting in the world stopped. Yeah, it just Respect. ended on wars. Yeah, it was a real good outfit. <laughs> um, So, uh, the out-of-town buyer turns out to be Gladys Jones. And this is great because let's get Gina in there. So two things. Yeah. I know last time she was on, I said she wasn't good. And I wasn't sure if I meant it as an actor or as a character. And I think she's not a good actress. I like her. I disagree with you. I like her so much in this role. <laughs> I think she's I so think, good at it. I think she's real. Uh, she feels very kind of flamboyant and B-movie and... Maybe this is the gay man in me coming out, but I'm just like, yes, Gina, <laughs> like take control of the situation. I really but she, there is a camp factor to her performance for sure. Yeah, I really want that, but that's not what I'm getting. But we did get a line that the money is going to be laundered two ways. Oh, I liked that so much. That made me so happy. Me too. I, I wanted the line to be a little different, but I still really appreciated it. Yeah. I wanted her just to be like, I need to launder the money, literally. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's, I feel like that's what the line should have been, but it's fine. Yeah. I really liked that. Yeah. Then. Okay. Okay. So I like how much Reggie loves his car. Just want to say. Yeah. And then next scene loved Cheryl's apology. Once yes. again, characters behaving like real human beings. How, how nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that was great. And then I love that he's like, we're finally going to do it. I didn't like that at all. I thought it was real dumb. I thought it was dumb, but I feel like referring to it as doing it is like so high school and like so appropriate. That is true. I just feel like who, who really talks like that? I guess, I guess people, I guess kids do talk like that. Yeah. 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 And because it's a teen show, they can't use the F word. So yeah. this is something I don't want to dwell on too much. Mm-hmm. But do you think that which in that couple is one a top and is one a bottom? Or are they both verse? What do okay, we think? Okay, glad we're talking about this because I wasn't sure if we were going to and I didn't want to be the one that brings it up. <laughs> well, I'm more than happy to be the, the emissary for all queer people across the world when I bring it up. Okay, so I think that it's unexplored for them. I think that maybe the first time Kevin probably bottomed only because he is more experienced and like, it seems like an easier path. I think that's very smart. Yeah. Because he just knows the deal. Yeah. Like he yeah. knows what's up. He can like talk him through it. Yeah. But like, I don't know that like, if they stayed together, that would be the. Always the case. Yeah. They'd yeah. probably start flipping. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is Kevin Keller uh, for our podcast is now officially a power bottom. Yes. <laughs> Great. I was hoping that's where the sentence was going. I'm glad it did. Yeah. Yep. I really, you really set that up, but I knocked it down, yep. knocked it out. Um, but Three pointer for Louis. Louis said a lot of people have had sex on that cot. I know that was so funny. Yeah, I love the acknowledgement of that. Like, yeah, that cot is gross. Yeah. So then, then my club has to drink the antidote to cyanide. Yes, the cyanide antidote. How magical. Yep. And then Kevin lights too many candles. There's so many candles, but then Moose brought a candle. Yeah, but I mean, Kevin, calm it down, honey. I know. It like, cool. yeah, like, like, are they planning some sort of, like, tantric ritual here? Like, it's too much. You're going to have to blow much. all of those candles out. Yeah, and then it's going to smell like smoke in the bunker. I know, but it is cute that Moose brought, like, a candle. Oh, yeah, I thought that was so, so cute. Yes. Yeah. Then we, I loved this plot twist. Mm -hmm. That the Gargoyle King was actually luring the parents away from the children. Well, they worried about it a little early in the episode and kind of brushed past it. And then they, like, finally are like, oh, no, that's what's happening. Yeah, and I just liked the parents calling the kids. Yeah, and all the kids are sleeping together. I said, I said, everyone is fucking. Everyone's fucking, which is such a satisfying scene in the show. Yeah. I mean, if this is what the show is, give us this scene. <laughs> like, I loved it. I loved seeing all the couples. My only complaint uh -huh. is not enough skin for Kevin and Moose. 
I know. We get shirtless Reggie, you know, we get shirtless shoulder jughead. I know, and we don't get I want I want I want to see maybe that's gross of me. Maybe I need to be respectful. I would say those are two of the oldest actors in the cast though. So I'm going to allow it. Yeah, well they're they're very handsome. Yeah. I mean, I really have such a crush on both of them. I really do. Oh, anyway. Anyway, so Kevin's not picking up, which makes sense. Um, and then, but like that also turns out that uh, they're there to kidnap them. That yes. And then I was worried for a split second that they were going to kill the gay characters. I was worried they were going to kill Moose, but not Kevin. Yeah. And I, it looked like they only kidnapped Moose and they were leaving Kevin behind, but Kevin just like followed. And then yeah. it comes back and like Kevin was kidnapped too. Totally. I was very worried about this. So then we have this very scary scene where I was very worried for our boys. Yeah. The our nice, nice boys. Yeah. They have to flip to see who drinks first. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, is one of our boys going to eat it? Yeah. But then, luckily, in swoop the police. Yep. And it turns out it's the ROTC and Moose's dad. Yeah, it's good old Marcus Mason, another iteration of the Gargoyle King. Yep. Which then leads to... An insane scene. Well, okay, okay, you go first. You go first. Yeah, the insane scene. He tells FP, not dressed like a sheriff, that he's just scaring them. And, like, he told the cadets they're playing a quest. And then I was, like, it started setting up, and I wrote, oh, my God, did they fuck? And then I wrote, Moose's dad is gay. And then I wrote, this is a lot. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of exposition. And also, Major Mason thought of all of this in, like, 22 seconds. Yeah. Like, because, like, that's, like, it was in the course of 24 hours that all this went down. Yeah. So it's, like, yeah, didn't, it, it, it felt a little, like, okay, okay, um, we want to put a bit of a cap on this, so we're just going to have another, like, crazy parent character. Yeah. And I didn't love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but... I'll forgive it because it led to so much fun stuff in the episode. Yeah, and there's more to this scene. So he says he's cured by the sisters, and then he says that, like, Kevin reminds him so much of Tom when he was a kid. And I'm like, yeah. is he attracted to Kevin? I, I don't, I didn't interpret that, that he was attracted to Kevin. The okay. way I interpreted that is that seeing Kevin stirs up feelings of longing for Tom. Yeah. Which I which I understand. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you still shouldn't be attracted to Tom because when you were kids, you were 20 years older than Tom, obviously. <laughs> so, well, like, the kid, calm down. The kid versions of them in the flashback are, like, played by Kevin and Moose, and it was sad to see Kevin, like, turn his head away from Moose. Yes, I know! I agree. I was like, oh, oh, no! Um, so anyway, he says we're going to destroy what we couldn't have. And then, so here's my question. Why didn't Marcus Mason know about the Midnight Club? I feel like all the kids knew about the Midnight Club. And and Tom was in the Midnight Club. Yeah, but Marcus wasn't. Yeah, this is fair. I just thought, I thought other characters knew because there was the other club. Right, but Moose wasn't in that. Clearly Hiram was, knew about it. Hiram, Dilton, and Reggie. Yeah, or it will, yeah, the the parents. Yeah. Hiram, uh, Daryl, and what's his nuts? And Reggie's dad. Mr. Reggie's dad who hits Reggie. That's what we know about him. Yeah. Yeah, Anyway, yeah. Marcus Mason is not in in the Midnight Club. Like, he does not know about this, and he set it up. Yeah, well, I guess you've uncovered another hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, then the real Gargoyle King is still at large. And Jughead in the scene, when he's talking to FP, uh-huh. uses the term the Ur King. Yeah. 
which I think is a really fun idea mm-hmm. that there is still someone at the top and then there's all these sub it's sort of this tree of evil, you know? Yeah. So I'm into it. Like if that's where the season is going, I, I like that. I think it's cool. Yeah. And um, then in comes jelly bean in comes, in comes uh, Gladys and the Joneses are back together. Yeah. And you know, like they just like fucking waltz in and think it's totally okay for them to just all be living together again. And I will say like FP was like skeptical of it. I didn't like Jughead's reaction. Just being like, yay. Yeah. I think that Jughead's smarter than that. I I agree. I mean, Jughead loves his mom. Yeah. But his parents are fighting all the time. Like and FP has, has been having a whole life. Yeah. He's sheriff now. Yeah, he's the sheriff. He's been dating a little bit here and there. Yeah. You know, he's been sleeping with Alice. You know, like, like poor FP. He's just like, oh, great. My my wife who's mean to me is just like back from Toledo. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that, I hope that something that comes to a head in the next few episodes. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? You can't stay here. Yeah. <laughs> you can go to the Motel 8 or whatever they call yeah. it. And Yeah. I'm going to pause for a second and point out that my air mattress is slowly deflating. So I'm like slowly sinking out of the screen. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I'm sleeping on a real mattress. I'm just sitting on an air mattress. Oh, Kate, Kate, you know, I respect your life. (laughs) Um, so Sierra and Tom have the town hall wedding. They set out to have, Mm -hmm. but no reception. Didn't feel right after all the stuff that happened with Kevin and Moose. Archie's bummed that he doesn't get to sing with Josie. And I wrote like, oh, because then they start singing. I'm like, oh. Also, what like, song is this? This is like not a song, but like Archie knew it. And then they started singing together. Like they both, like, because at first when Archie came in, I was like, oh, he's making it up with her. But then like they were singing together. So like, it's a song, but I couldn't. Yeah. It, like I Googled. That was, yeah. But it just kept giving me where we belong. Like love lifts us up where we belong. Yeah, like it wouldn't give me. Is not this song. Yeah. Maybe this oh, was an original. This 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 wasn't a poorly written song. Maybe this was original material from songwriters hired for the show, which is what I've been griping about all along. So if that is what this is, I'm fine with it. You know. Yeah, I didn't love the song, but like okay. I didn't love the song, but I also didn't hate the song. Yeah, I was like fine with the song. It felt contemporary. It felt somewhat dramatic. It felt appropriate for the scene. Yeah, great. If we're gonna have some Archie Josie duets, yeah. If we're gonna have Archie and the Pussycats, mm-hmm. you know, then yeah, you know, let's get some new songs in there. I don't need to hear another Donna Summer cover. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so Sierra and Tom still get a wedding cake, which I think is fun. And their cake looks great. I love yeah. the, that cake. Yeah. And then here's the worst thing. Oh, my God. Th- I hated this part. I know. Ugh. Is Green is is Glendale far from Riverdale? Where's Glendale? Oh, oh, yeah. Glendale isn't Greendale. No. Fuck. I thought Glendale was Greendale. I got them all mixed up. No, Glendale is like... I. Like, how far away is it? Can they still see each other? Oh, my God. Are we, we need losing to... Moose like this? We need to figure it out. I mean, I... I'm sure Moose is going to come back in. I know. I wrote, I wrote, not fair, more Moose. I was hoping that Moose and Sabrina would become best friends. Uh, but just... he's not moving to Greendale. No, he's moving to Glendale. Oh, that's terrible. And this is something that I do feel is very old fashioned that is happening is that the two gay men characters that we love on this show, uh-huh. they're not allowed to be happy. They're punished. They're this martyred. They're... Kevin. Hmm? This keeps happening to Kevin. Like yeah. he... Kevin oh, keeps God. being martyred, being yeah. martyred so that they don't really need to show him being a happy, uh, functional gay guy on the show. And I don't really like this. I don't I think know. it's responsible. I know. I just want to, happy for like a couple episodes yeah i want four or five episodes of moose and kevin being happy yeah i agree didn't like that no so like cheryl knows about moose's dad which is weird yes cheryl knows about moose's dad that's completely bizarre 
Yeah, but then they start a girl gang. Which is hilarious. So fun. They're pretty She's poisoned. like, I took my time machine back to the 50s. Yeah. And All found these, these women who were snapping their gum. Like yeah. These girls go to our school and they're not serpents. They're just like this. Yeah, they're just like mean. Uh, I love those girls. Do you know what those girls were like, actually, which is great? Uh-huh. Is John Waters has a section in his book, uh, Shock Value, about how when he was in um, elementary school, he used to write up fake bios for female juvenile delinquents uh-huh. and give them, like, mean names. <laughs> you know, and, like, Penny Poison, you know, like, shit yeah. like that. And then this this group is called the Pretty Poisons. Yeah, and I feel like these are just like John Waters' like childhood bios for juvenile delinquents, like brought to life. Yeah, you know this one's hair is too big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this one walked out of a math class after you know knocking over a chair. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and then we get this scene between Gladys and and Jellybean. Well, first, like, Hermione oh. finds out it's Gladys when she's, like, can't believe it. Yeah, she's like, Gladys? Oh, my. What a thing. <laughs> but, yeah, the scene between Jellybean and Gladys. Yeah, I liked that scene a lot. And, like, if we're beginning to see, like, Gladys's rise to power, I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah, I just, like, I want everyone to be happy. I want everybody to be happy as well. Uh, and I want Gladys to be happiest most of all. <laughs> so Archie and Josie stopped singing and all it took was one song. That's right. And then they have a little kiss. A little smoochy smooch. We'll see what that leads to, if anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't mind seeing Archie and Josie dating for a little bit. Yeah, I would like, I'm sick of Archie dating, but like, fine. That's true. I do think Archie needs to be alone and, and work on himself. Yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. And then we had uh, nothing else. That was the end of the episode. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I have my power list and my crush list written down. I thought there were more notes. Nope. Just but they're not. <laughs> do your power list. Okay. I'll do my power list. So... Basically, my power list is Gladys. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's uh, who's on my power list for this episode. That's it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have Gladys uh-huh. and Moose's dad. Uh-huh. Then I have Archie and then Cheryl. Like, Because I feel like they do like move the plot along a little. I think it's totally fair. Yeah. And then Vegas is number one. Yes, Vegas is number one. Who's on your crush list? Uh, can you fucking guess who my number one is? Moose. It is. Who's number two? Uh, Sweet Pea. Uh-huh. And the number three is FP. Our list is very similar. Uh-huh. My number one is Moose. It's gotta be Moose. My number two is Kevin. Okay. My number three is Sweet Pea. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's just like, every time Moose is in the episode, he's my number one. And like, now it's like, this is his last time. I know, I know, but I just, I feel like we're going to get a surprise from the character. I hope so. I hope oh, yeah. I don't think they're just writing him off. I think they're holding on to him to use him again in an interesting way. I hope so. Yeah, and it's and it's better, see, if, if, if that actor, Cody, mm-hmm. has only been booked for, like, you know, a third of the episodes or whatever for the season because he's yeah. not a, re- a series regular. Uh huh. We have been ranting and raving. Where's Moose? Yeah. Now we know where Moose is. Uh-huh. He's in Glendale. Yeah, with his aunt. Glendale, California. That's a, there's a Glendale there. Yeah, that's the uh, only Glendale I know. Yeah, exactly. He's in Glendale, or he's on the show, coming back to have a little meeting with Kevin. Well, because Kevin said, like, you could stay with any of your friends. Yeah, but he doesn't want to be around while this shit's going on with his dad, which I understand. Yeah. He just needs to clear his head. Go stay with his auntie. Mm-hmm. I bet his auntie is nice. Yeah, but... I, she- bet they, I bet they smoke weed together. 
I bet it's nice. Yeah, I hope it's nice. I bet they smoke weed together and listen to Joni Mitchell. I would love that. I would yeah. love that for Moose. For Moose. <laughs> Moose just gets to get his head on straight, chill out a little bit. Yeah, I gotta listen to some Joni Mitchell. Yeah, you listen to Joni when you want to get your head on straight. That's a little lesson for all you younger listeners. Yeah, you gotta listen to Joni. Yeah, anyway. What a good episode. Yeah, so the next episode. Oh my god, what's the title? Requiem for a Welterweight. Uh, what? So there's the movie Requiem for a Dream. Yep. And then in the next week on Riverdale, like I think Archie starts box- boxing with Tom. True. Um, I don't know the weight categories for boxing, so I don't know if Archie is a welterweight. But there is going to be someone who is a welterweight who dies. Yeah. Because there's going to be a requiem for him. Yeah. Or maybe he'll go into hiding in a cabin in the woods. It's Riverdale. We don't know. We don't know. How salacious. How mysterious. Yeah. Wow. We We what? We have to wait two weeks. Yeah. Well, we get to wait two weeks. Okay. Because it means that the last episode for two weeks, we get to savor the love of one Kevin Keller. And oh, that's what I wanted to say. When Kevin called Moose Marmaduke. Oh, I know. I choked up. It was like, so- I like, I like cried a little. Oh, yeah. Like I love me, my moose. I yeah. just love Moose. I've always loved that character. Yeah. And yeah, to say goodbye to him and to hear his, you know, him being called Marmaduke. And I just, it was a real good, it was real good for me. Gotta yeah. say. It was nice. Yeah. Oh, well, Kate, this has been a real treat. It has been. Um, yeah. So pals and gals rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, tweeted us. We're at, uh, XOXO pod, river pod, XOXO river pod. Find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram. We love all of you. You love us. Yeah. Thanks to our editor, Angelie Mercado. She's rocking it. She's killing it. She does a one day turnaround. Yeah. She does a one day turnaround. You hire everybody. Hire Angelie, please. Yeah. She's yeah. Get her some gigs. Um, uh, much love to Louis Aronowitz. Right. He wrote a theme song for us a year and a half ago. We still shout him out. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm Louis Perlman. And Kate Batter. And pals and gals, we'll see you again on another episode of XOXO Riverdale. <laughs>